You're listening to the Canned Fruit Podcast with your favorite trio, Danielle, Jess, and Kia. We will have meaningful conversations on what it looks like to have compassion and respect when communicating with others. This show is a safe and brave space to open up. So let's start. Welcome back to another episode of Canned Fruit, where we talk about everything leading to candid and fruitful conversations from active listening to being introspective, all of those beautiful little bites that we have brought you throughout the whole season. And now today is our final episode. Can you believe it, girls? Cannot believe it. Me either. <laughs> Me you either. So much in this room with us. <laughs> You're You've grown so much in nine episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's true. And yet it's true. I mean, think about all the stuff that we've talked about. I'm I I'm struggling to even remember all of it. Gosh. I I was looking back on that first episode where we were talking about why this is important to us and everything we've talked about since then just makes it feel that much more important. Like just seeing how much I've grown in the few weeks that we've been recording these episodes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I even just like, I'm sitting here and I'm not only how much have we, how we've grown, but like how much more I see it as necessary. Like I'm seeing these conversations pop up more and more. I'm seeing them not be easy, you know, mm-hmm. even, even though we're talking through all this stuff. So that's, that's like my reflection so far. Yeah. Is that it, it's so important. It's like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then you're forced yeah. to like practice the good steps. That's it. I tell you that is draining. <laughs> <laughs> it takes, takes some energy. Yes. It takes yes. some energy, it but I'm, it's good. It's a good place for the energy to go I think at least yeah I think it's a good place because you spend the energy trying to make your conversations more productive more candid and fruitful and you spend less energy on the negative outcomes that could have come if you Mm. hadn't taken the time to do that Mm. so yeah it was speaking about negative things I feel like throughout this season we've really been vulnerable with each other and kind of highlighted, I would say more so our shortcomings when it comes to conversation and made examples of ourselves. But do you guys have any, anything that you're feeling particularly good about that you're, that you want to celebrate for yourself? Like, wow, I, I feel like not only the things that you've done well previously, but maybe some things that through the season, while you're focused in on those really difficult conversations you're saying like wow I'm, ge- I'm getting better at this I'm actually getting better at this oh mm-hmm. I'm getting better at recognize when I could have actively listened because I I'm definitely one of those people who goes in like you're, you you're talking to me and I'm trying to solve the problem mm. and what I love about active listening is that I don't have to be in that mode but it's such a default mode for me that like one person said, they're like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting for you to solve it. And I'm like, yeah, because you could have just been listening, Kia. So I, mm. I, I'm more cognizant of when I should just be actively listening. But that, even that was like a sideways diss to myself. So let me be pl- completely positive. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. And say I'm very proud of where I've been coming in my emotional intelligence growth, uh, recognizing quite honestly, recognizing my own emotions, mm. calling out or identifying my own emotions and seeing it in other people. But I'm, I'm proud of myself for knowing myself better. 
Wow. Yes, Kia. <laughs> What's that? Snaps? Snaps for Kia. Got <laughs> to do an ugly cry. That was <laughs> a partly reason why I'm like holding back ugly cry tears is because like one of the things I've recognized, and even as you were talking, Kia, how it's like how you had to be proactive to say the positive thing, you know? <laughs> yes. And so just I really appreciate forcing you know indirectly forcing us to say it in a positive light because all I was seeing is my gosh there's so much room for growth yeah Um, (laughs) Yeah. I got a lot of work to do I've got a lot of work to do still have a lot of work so in the conversation we're talking about last time what I realized that I'm getting better at is in a weird way setting limits but not the way that I initially thought I would setting limits around how much emotional investment I put into something mm-hmm. after the conversation is done or mm-hmm. in moments where I, I can no longer control what's about to happen. And that's something that has, is taking me a lot of like energy that we were saying before, mm-hmm. because my default is to stew and to sit in mm-hmm. it. And this you know, just seeing myself over the past week after, after a very difficult conversation and being able to redirect my energy after that and go in, invest in myself, invest in people that love me, continue to be productive in a way that I would really go into fetal position in the past after a difficult conversation and just kind of like physically need to be in a hole like I'd make a cubby in my comforters and just be by myself for a while and to continue to like I guess I it's it's the first time I'm seeing it as I set a boundary I was like okay I've had this conversation it's hard and it may continue to be hard but it's not going to seep into these other parts of my life and I'm I'm yeah I'm really proud of myself for that I'm really grateful for you all because you helped me get there that sounds very freeing it's new. I'll tell you that. Mm, thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. It is new. It is new. And, <laughs> and with freedom called, what is, what's, you know, it's, I don't think it's a particularly a saying, but I think there is a price to freedom. I guess that's the saying, right. And there's yeah. a price to freedom. And so I've been tired and, and feeling really drained, like to keep pulling myself back into the present, pulling myself away from the, those deep thoughts. And uh, it is freeing. And I am grateful that I'm paying the price of exhaustion to, to find <laughs> new levels of freedom. Yeah. 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 That's like a muscle. Yeah. When you keep working it out, that'll, it won't even be. And he is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is like, my, my boundaries stay in the gym. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep the muscle. world shut. champion boundary. Yes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just doing push-ups with the shoulders. That's all you have. <laughs> But yes, so that's what I'm, what I, that's what I'm proud of. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mine, mine, I think is probably from, I think it was really highlighted in our last conversation when I, when I realized that people who you feel you have so much in common with, like the two of you can approach something so differently, (laughs) you know, and, and really have kind of like, you know, I would describe the three of us as having similar values, Mm. but then when you start to break it down, I can tell that our, our, our boundaries rank in different priority levels, right? I'm like, oh, they do it so differently. And that, that to me is just, it's, it's made me think, take things less personally. It's made, it's, I felt this sense of relief of like, 
people not seeing it the way that I see it isn't like a personal attack on me of like mm-hmm. this like lack of understanding of who I am and how I operate, right? Because even people who I feel are very close to me are coming from their own place, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's really kind of relieving in a way. And, and I'm hoping to continue to see that. And I, I think I did it before. And I would always say like, oh, I'm pretty good at like making excuses for other people at like trying to fill in the blanks of where they might be coming from or seeing their perspective. And I think I'm looking at it as more of a positive now. Mm. It's not, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for those people. I'm trying to understand them. Right. I'm trying to I'm trying to empathize with them better. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yes. And why that might be different from mine. Hmm. Yeah. And that, and see the value in that too, right? It's kind of like this weird full circle thing, but so putting, putting kind of everything together, has anybody had a conversation recently where they're like, wow, all of these things came in handy. Hmm. Oh no, Kia's making a face. (laughs) Kia's making a face. It came in handy, but I definitely, it's definitely been more in the forefront. Mm. Like as I've been evaluating things, well, here we go. Get into it, Kia. (laughs) (laughs) Recently, but it was necessary to have a meeting with my son's teacher. I'll say, I, I saw a quote literally this morning that <laughs> that just made me think like, this is why it's, it's, this is why it's difficult for me. Cause we talked about, you know, what makes a conversation difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this is what made the conversation difficult. So this is a quote from Elizabeth Stone that says, making the decision to have a child, it is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around mm-hmm. outside your body. Mm-hmm. I heard that and it's true. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's hard because I'm defending my heart. <laughs> like, mm. We need to talk about how you treat my heart. How can we make things better for my, my little itty bitty heart? So anyways, very much a rambunctious boy. And one of the concerns that has been identified at school is that he has problems concentrating sometimes. And so I'll also say that, we, I think we've talked about that, that we live in Britain. So um, in Britain, the schools are a little bit different than what some of, than the U.S. where I grew up, if you haven't told from my accent. And because of his birthday and that it's in later in the year, he's one of the youngest ones in his class. So that's the situation. My husband goes to pick up our son from school one day and just because he does this and I I never do, but now I guess I will. Uh, He says, you know, hey, how was his day today? Teacher pulls him aside, talks about, you know, he's having a lot of trouble concentrating and he's the last one to finish his work and all these different things and says that they're going to start a sticker chart, you know, so he'll have a goal of X number of stickers a day. And if he, if he stays focused and on task, he'll get the stickers for that, for that subject. Cause they have multiple subjects in the day. And so they do the sticker chart for, <laughs> I guess, like a few days and 
one day he comes home and he has no stickers. And so we, we ask him and he's like, I, I worked really hard, but the teacher just didn't give me any stickers today. So I didn't, I didn't know my husband had already emailed, like right after he picked him up from school, looked at the chart, saw there were no stickers. He didn't see the teacher at, at pickup. So he emailed and said, hey, what's going on? I think about it all day and night. Well, I just say all night, I guess, because this is after school now. You, we've talked about it. I need some time to think about how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I could have used more time to think about how I feel, but I, I didn't want this to to go on for too long. So I emailed the teacher maybe that morning, the next morning. Then she responds and she says, oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't in school yesterday. So he didn't get any stickers because I wasn't there to give them to him. And so like, oh, such a simple, you know, reason for it to happen. But in my email, I said, I want to meet with you so we could talk about the sticker chart, what's going on with the sticker chart. How, how do we get stickers on the sticker chart? What are the, what, what, what is considered successful? And I realized that I'm like, I'm like the mechanics person. Like, I'm like, how does this work? How do we make this best mm. work? And my husband is like, more like the feelings person. Like, you know, how, how is, how is the chart going to maybe to motivate him? How is the chart going to affect him with his classmates if they don't have charts, that type of thing. And so also in our conversations during pickup, find out, again, my husband usually does school pickup. So he talks to her another time after the sticker chart's been out for a little while and says, oh, he's responding so well to the sticker chart this time. I mean, my husband are like, this time like we just started doing the sticker chart what do you mean well no actually that's what I said when my husband told me about it he said yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh yeah apparently they've tried the sticker chart already it wasn't as successful the first time and that I can't think of a better way to say it that pissed me off (laughs) I don't like that here we go. So I believe, I believe in the classroom as the teacher's domain. That's her area of expertise. If, if we haven't talked about it before, I'm definitely in the, that, that's your area of expertise. You do that. And the classroom to me should be the teacher's area of expertise. When he's in class though, he is still my son. I am still his parent. And so if you determine that sticker charts are the best way to motivate him, talk to us about it. If we agree, continue to do the sticker chart, right? But it, it, it made me mad for that reason. And it made my husband mad for a different reason, which is you did this intervention the first time and it didn't work. And now you've done the intervention, but you've actually talked to us about it. We're aware of it. Now we can talk to our son. Now we can ask him, I guess, more pointed questions about his day. Not just, because I usually ask him, you know, how was your day? What was your favorite thing about today? What was the nicest thing you did for somebody today? Like we, we go through that, but now we can be like, you know, were you focused on your work today? Asking just different questions, but anyways. And now all of a sudden, now that we're involved and can, contribute to this intervention it's all of a sudden just working so well and my husband's like and it feels like she's taking credit for it when really we believe 
It's because now it's, it's a team working together. Mm-hmm. Can I just sort of jump in? Yeah, I was going to say, I've talked a lot. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I also don't think, I don't think the story is over. I, I just want to note something that I sensed is that you, you, it took you some time to say that it pissed you off. And I got, I just want to like, as the feeler, want to remind myself, give myself validation through you that it's okay to be pissed off, right? That, that emotion is warranted and, and reasonable in the midst of the story so far. Based on what you've said, I would have been pissed off after the first sentence. <laughs> you got through lots of sentences and then decided you were pissed off. So I just want to name that I saw that and I want to like, you know, without, you, you didn't ask me to do this, but I think just validate the fact that I would have felt the same way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you're, you're gentler about it than I was. <laughs> But I did want to stop. I was still going to stop anyways. Were there, was there any questions or anything that maybe I haven't gotten to or made unclear or anything? I mean, I kind of want to hear like the, like what happened and then I'll jump back and figure out if, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like where do I need to be the most mad because I'm like, yeah I know right where my, I'm my conserving anger. yeah we're, me and Ke- okay, me and Jessica are sitting here like mm-hmm. okay. it's building it's okay. building we're waiting we're waiting depending on because we can pounce if you want to want us to pounce but just no like, no we don't need to pounce tell us what Molly's- she said oh, face yeah. to face yeah so that, and that was one of the things when I was thinking about, so we, I, in my email, I'm like, we need to talk about the sticker chart and let's set up some time. And, and so, I mean, I think it was the, maybe the week before we had that conversation, I was in this coaching class because, you know, I'm working on my emotional health and emotional intelligence and all kinds of different things, trying to grow and be a better person. And, and the world is testing me. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like it though? You start a podcast and now everybody wants to have conversations. I know, right? Yeah. Like no one was talking to me before. And so the the coach said something that I found interesting and try to apply a lot now, which is are people, she talked about noble intent or believing in, in noble intent of people mm-hmm. and that basically they're trying to do their best. And I mean, I kind of sort of kind of true. I, I don't assume everybody is trying to attack me or anything like that, but I don't always assume noble intent. But I like the way that she phrased it better and I could get behind this definition, which she then told me to like, I said, I loved when you said that. And she said, well, actually it's Brene Brown. I'm like, oh, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, are people doing the best they can with the tools that they have been given? Mm. So I just- cool. Danielle had a very extreme physical reaction to that (laughs) tell us how you feel about that Danielle (laughs) if you didn't know I had a bit of a gag reflex I'm still suffering through it a bit here's my thing (laughs) it's true okay obviously if if Brene says it I have to believe it okay but that is it it's so frustrating I think that's that that reaction is I'm so frustrated by it feels like it lets people off and and I know this is clearly my work this is this is how I know that I am not done the universe is not done with me because 
Because I'm still here gagging at the fact that that's such a thoughtful thing to say. Like people will only do, can you repeat it again? Are people doing the best they can with the tools they have been given? This is making me so mad. (laughs) Given and acquired are what the the words that come to my mind. Because Mm. people are Mm. given few tools. Between the three of us, there, we can say as our starting places, there were tools that we were given and the tools that we did not get. And we acquire those tools on a regular basis. This is my one reaction to this is that when I think about your, your, your since tea turkey, when I think about the employees that you've worked with, Jessica, when I think about the employees that I'm working with, I'm just like, at what point do people recognize that they don't have the tools and need to acquire new tools? More tools. Yep. So this is not helpful. I'm not going down the kumbaya route, but I do feel like this is clearly my work still is I have a hard time doing that because I think, man, if I stopped with the tools that I was given, I wonder how many people would just exist in my life and and allow me to be whoever I feel like being because I have limited tools. And yes, this is not my most enlightened space. Might not be the way you want to wrap up a podcast about kind of fruitful (laughs) conversation, but- (laughs) <laughs> we are living in our truth here <laughs> I, I cannot that, that statement alone just because you guys know that we're, I'm going through my own difficult conversations and I'm just like that is why I've been exhausted by this work that's what I want to yeah. say the the yep. sitting in the moment and saying you're doing the best you can with the tools that you have irrelevant of my irrelevant to my process and my tools yeah. I have to sit here and process this understanding that these are the only tools that you have, whether you've chosen to ignore others, you've never acquired them, whether or not you had resources. I can't even think about that. I have to accept that you are doing the best you can with the tools that you have mm-hmm. and leave it at that. That's so, the way the conversation, that's the way I've entered it. It's mm. so interesting because I did, I saw, I see it a little bit differently than you. And I love you've expanded on it in the perfect way on how I think about it. So it's, are people doing the best they can with the tools they have been given? And I like how you talk about tools that they have acquired because maybe I wasn't given the tools to be very emotionally intelligent, but I'm acquiring the tools to be emotionally intelligent. And I already, like, I incorporated that when I think about it, but it's not in the words. So thank you for expanding on the wonderful work of Brene. She owes you like 20 cents or something. I don't know. They got it. But, (laughs) and, and when you're saying like that you basically that you didn't necessarily agree that you had to give people the pass. That's exactly how I feel about it. And, and that I asked the question, are people doing the best they can with the tools they have been given? But also she's a quite experienced teacher. So I feel like she should have acquired some tools so she got she did she she wasn't in the I don't know I don't know I literally don't know how to say it. not that I'm not trying to think of a good way to say it I literally don't know how to say it I expect more of her there we go is is yeah. what it is yeah yeah he, can I so so yes <laughs> I am really this is my fists are clenched I am so agitated by this because in a good way in a good way because mm-hmm. it's proof that this is still work for me but it is the people just like that, that bother me the most yeah. because it's when I'm talking to someone that has the resources and the, what you would assume, okay, let me pull back. Let me pull back for a second. Mm-hmm. We assume that they have, and when I say resources, I mean like 
not even sometimes it's financial resources, but sometimes just the mental faculties, right? The yes. ability to comprehend that they may not be right, right? In or mm-hmm. or they may not always handle the situation in the best way. They're the ones that give me the hardest time to have a pot. Like again, if we're being really honest, this is where I have the hardest time having a candid and fruitful conversation because I'm so infuriated by the fact that you don't even see, you don't even see that you're handling this in a way that could be handled differently, mm-hmm. that you could have missed something. Yeah. That doesn't feel like a learning. And, you know, we talk about the things that have been truths with a capital T. I've always gone back to introspection. Mm-hmm. I just, I just miss it. I really have a hard time being the person that can do the, the truths with a capital T with people who don't do the truths with a capital T or don't do that level of introspection. And again, this is why I find it exhausting because this is the reality is that you have to do the truths with a capital T, even when somebody else is in. Yeah. 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 That's the hard part because so many people that you have a conversation with are, are also not thinking about if you are coming to the conversation with what tools you're coming to the conversation with. Mm-hmm. Right. And s- so many people want to be the center of the conversation, right? When you were saying like, she wants to make it her idea. Mm -hmm. Like she wants something, she might not even be doing it consciously. She probably isn't even doing it consciously, but she's saying like, oh, I'm the teacher. I came up with a solution for this child, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. No, just, yes. yeah, no. Yeah. She what came up it? with the solution. And it's not, it's not even that she came up with the solutions that, you know, now all of a sudden when the parents are involved, it's successful. And I don't know that she noticed that before we talked no. to her. No, um, she didn't want to. That's what I'm saying is yeah. she, she wanted, she, it was, it was, what do they call it? A self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. right? Well, she, she wanted it to be true. And so she saw it as true for her. But there's also a part of this that agita- I'm just going to be at. Let's just take it as a given. I'm just going to be okay. at. Today's, today's episode agitation. where Danielle's agitated. Got it. <laughs> it's about 50% of the episodes. But <laughs> I, as an educator, not I'm not, but I, my assumption of educators is that there is an understanding while you can, it's almost kind of like doctors too, right? You can have expertise, but you don't have onus over the person. Yeah. Oh. So- yep. A doctor has the expertise, but that only is, that is manipulated and, and, and massaged based on the individual. And in the case, and, and in this case, when you're working with children, which again is the case, even I think about anybody working with children, not just teachers, but like the implementation with the child involves their parents. Yeah. And I think that that I also have thought about just this cultural difference that I've noticed where it's not even that parents don't want to be involved in school. It's just that they literally aren't or aren't even invited to. And like my son's school, well, before COVID, like had open door policy and all these different things. And I would talk to other parents and it'd be like, no, like I tried to make an appointment to go to the school and they still told me no, you know, their child might be having issues and they want to, you know, go and observe and the school says no. And so I feel like they're maybe ahead of the curve in that instance, but at the same time, it's still, I find that 
the teachers act unilaterally. And I, I find that in every instance that I, I've been able to observe. And so, yeah, so I just, I wondered if, if that's also part of it. Like they did, they don't expect us to be involved because that's not normally what happens. Hmm. I, I, so yes, yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm living through that similarly. I'm a little less delicate with it. I, I, because I, I don't know, I don't think this is an Americanism. Maybe it is. I would, I would only know because I am American. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, it does feel like I don't understand when people start to negate the fact that if it came out of my body, it's kind of, kind of not yours. Right. I won't say it's mine because it's ultimately they're their own person, Mm -hmm. but it's not yours. And you, you don't have that, like, I don't understand, is that, are you actually going to say that that's cultural? Maybe, maybe there's a level of acceptance, but I, I struggle with that. I struggle with the notion that you cannot implement, you cannot involve a parent. It's science guys. You have a control and you have the experiment. Mm -hmm. The control is you do something the same way. The experiment says you change something and by hypothesis would be that if it changes in a good way, it's because I've changed something. Guess what? Because I have the control to show me that nothing changes if I don't add this other factor. Okay, Dr. Danielle, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm on a roll. <laughs> and my, my frustration there is that that's not cultural. Science exists everywhere. <laughs> mm. You know when something's changed and while I hear you that culturally, there's not a sense of involvement of in parents in the school system in the way that we would see in the States, I hear you on that. And I agree with that. But there is a level of, like you were saying, self-fulfilling prophecy, a level of self-righteousness a bit where I recognize that something has changed and I choose to ignore it. That's not culture. I wouldn't say that. That is a choice being made. And when you have a conversation with someone, it can be hard to highlight that they're choosing to ignore science. Okay. <laughs> We're choosing to ignore something. Okay. Well, I don't want to make it, I don't want to make it about culture because I, I, in my gut believe that some other person out there could see what happened and notice that the, the change was that we've involved the parents. I agree. I 100% agree. And oh, Jessica, do you have anything before I go on to how the meeting went? I mean, I just, I always, what did I just say? I always want to make excuses for people, right? And so maybe this, maybe it is partly a cultural thing in that she doesn't frequently let parents know what has, what is going on in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so therefore she doesn't have enough experiments for her, her own brain to have recognized a pattern that lets her say, Oh, the change is actually that I'm including the parents. I I do wonder that because I mean, it's, it's a, a British school in Britain so there's it's not overwhelmingly American um so I I do wonder if maybe it's limited experience I hate to say limited experience with involved parents because I don't think that the British parents 
aren't involved. Maybe they're just involved at home. And that's, that's a boundary. Like I do my thing at home and you do your thing at school. But for us, or at least in my experience in America, it's, I do my thing at school, but my parents are still involved and I do my thing at home. If it involves school, then my teacher is involved. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything. I mean, she, in my mind, I don't even know if she's like a first year teacher, right? Like to me, if, if I was a first year teacher, I would, I don't know if I would be able to put two and two together and, and be like, oh, duh, that's because you, I wouldn't know if it was as obvious as it seems to us sitting on the outside. I don't know her experience. So can I note that what I've no. Rec- <laughs> <laughs> no more notes from you. <laughs> you see what I have to yes, do? what do you recognize? Ladies and gentlemen, do you see what I have to do? Let's put it in the footnotes, Danielle. <laughs> Anyone want to adopt a friend? That's <laughs> really all I'm asking. With lots of thoughts. Anyway, now you made me forget my thought. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Will you wreck, wreck? Okay, then I'll go on. And then you if just you want ever to remember note? it. Yeah. So what did you say right before, Jessica? You guys missed She me. was making excuses. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, oh, thank right you. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there, too, my tongue. I, what I, again, in this process, what I'm realizing, I think I said it last time we talked, is that having people that are, invested in your growth is vital to this process mm-hmm. and obviously if there were an angel and a devil on Kia's shoulders right now yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. but 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 because even as you bring up the alternative Jessica I I do get annoyed when I'm when I hear people making excuses right like it's yeah. like, this person could have done this and I'm like yeah but they could have done this they they mm-hmm. could have been in this other role but even hearing that calms me it's like I hear it and then I'm like okay I can take a breath so in knowing that I get agitated I I, I surround myself with people I'm very lucky to be able to surround myself with people like you all like Doug like you know just like the people in my life that are that see things differently and I think that's such the importance of like diversity of thought, because then you end up not necessarily the conversation happens better because you've had other lenses to yeah. move through and you assess, okay, no, that still doesn't feel right. Or, okay, that does feel right. Or maybe I don't have to go in, you know, blazing. I can come in from a, a calmer, more thoughtful demeanor because I'm going to execute, I'm going to get my thought across anyway. And I can just don't have to do it in the way that my initial reaction is because now I've heard Jessica say she might not have, she might not be exposed to the way that we're thinking of it. And that I just want to note that that was helpful, despite you all not wanting me to share my notes. (laughs) (laughs) We always want you to share. (laughs) I just like to be difficult. She likes to act out around us because she's comfortable. That's yeah, how I know. That's what it is. Cute. So the conversation happens and I'm going to go through some of the things that we've talked about. Some of them were, I, I was cognizant of, and some of them after I was thinking about everything we've talked about, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, either I could have done this or, or, or did do this actually based on things that that we've we've talked about so in one of our episodes i believe it's number three we talk about what makes a good environment for a difficult conversation and 
when she asked, when I asked for the meeting, she said, we can meet at school or we can meet online. And I decided I wanted to meet at the school. One, because I wanted to talk to her face. And two, because I felt like, um, not necessarily if I was going to encroach, but it could be on her, her turf, right? So a place she's, she's familiar with. So mm-hmm. it was like, let's do that. I mean, she would have probably done it at school anyways, if it was online, but I wanted to see her. So I would go to school to see her. Did you ever wonder, it was a question. I was like, did you ever wonder if physically being there would make her uncomfortable? Like as an, as an aggressive stance? Good so I, I, I did think about it when we got there. I thought about Ooh, it's like two against one because I wanted my husband to be there so he didn't hear it secondhand. And also, because he always, I, at least I feel like he always has better questions than me. Because Or we just have different questions because I'm the mechanics. How is this working? And he's the, how is this feeling type of thing? And and how how does he feel and, and, and interact and all these other things are important. I'm just not thinking about them in the exact moment. I'm thinking about how to make this successful in the process type of way so oh yeah yeah so we met at the school I wanted to meet in person she picked a good spot it was away from prying eyes it was outside and weather was beautiful so that helped Mm -hmm. the time of day and the allotted amount of time to discuss I felt this is such an important point because I think it's been so long since I've been involved in a parent-teacher conference as in I was the child or, well, I wasn't there. Anyway, I believe you get like at least 30 minutes with the teacher. But at my son's school, and I think like at every school, these, what do they call them? I'll just call them parent-teacher conferences because I can't remember what they call them. They're t- you get 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Every- it's wow. 15 over my, my hood. Oh, she gets five whole <laughs> extra minutes. Yeah, it's five. 10 minutes once a term and they have three terms a year. So once a term, you get 10 minutes with the teacher. We got 40 minutes with her and I felt like that was great because we set aside this separate time. And it, actually, I should say, that's not to say that you can't decide to meet with the teacher at different points or whatever, but when it's at parent-teacher conference time, yeah. you get your 10-minute slots and someone else is coming right after you. Having the appropriate amount of time to discuss it, like we couldn't, even if that no stickers day hadn't happened, we couldn't have waited until the half term conference to talk about that because it would have taken way more than 10 minutes. But yeah, we talked for about 40 minutes, which is, you know, excellent. And she set aside a a good amount of time for us. She set aside an entire hour for us to talk. So Mm. that was great. And then also uh, I talked about a little bit, but making sure my husband was there because we have different perspectives and different things will take away different questions and I didn't want to go to the meeting talk to her and then try to translate it back to him and then be like oh either I didn't think to ask that which is always happens always 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 happens or or "Mm, I think I got the feeling from something she said about this rather than you know it being direct so so that was my environment thing so Danielle already asked an excellent question about did I think about it seeming (laughs) aggressive and I did I didn't think about that until I got there and quite honestly that's because my husband is bigger and taller and he already is maybe kind of imposing so I don't know but at least it's you know I just school. want to know, having, knowing both of you, you're actually the scary one. Even oh, I, I am. I absolutely <laughs> am. It's, it's hilarious to me when people are like, 
you know, oh, wow. And he's just such a big taper. Yeah, he is. It's me you need to worry about. <laughs> but Kia, so my follow-up question to the, the first excellent question that I had that you all mm-hmm. didn't want to hear is we're, it's the end of the season, gals and guys. <laughs> it's, it's spicy days. Do you feel like it's your responsibility to own someone's perception of you? When yeah, that's a good question. Because if you if 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 he weren't the 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 huge cuddly teddy bear that he is, right? Mm-hmm. You know that it, it shouldn't matter. Like he gets to show up for his son in the way someone mm-hmm. who is very small and unopposing gets to show up for their son, right? Like, mm-hmm. do we do you think you even have to think about that? It's one of those things where, like, I wish I didn't but I feel like I still have to. Hmm. I hear that. Uh, You know, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of the things about various communities that they shouldn't have to do. But I think the way you said that made me think, I've asked the question, you you see it as something that you could, you thought it, Mm -hmm. okay? But like, should you even have to? And and there, there are people out there that would never have to, even if they were coming with an aggressive stance. Yeah. I think it's difficult for me to answer because I am the aggressor. Like in, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, I always show up as the aggressor. Like if I requested this conversation, I had a reason. And so even though I physically don't feel that way, I feel that way. I always feel as if I am the aggressor, even though I don't physically seem imposing and then I was thinking like do I care and I think that's maybe the difference because I have the privilege of not caring I don't have to I don't have to care if somebody is uncomfortable with me I I never have to think about that because I'm a tiny little white woman and so I had a different, you know, I had a different reaction to that. I was thinking, well, you know, you're both kind of coming from, you're both kind of coming from not you both, not Danielle and Kia, but Kia and your husband, you're both coming, Kia and your husband and the teacher are, should all be coming to that conversation without any aggression at all. It should feel like we want what's best for this human for this tiny human. Mm-hmm. We all three want what's best for this tiny human. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some cases where that's true. There is like a kind of a neutral ground to settle on. And some cases where maybe you have to think about if you're coming off as imposing or aggressive or I don't know, whatever in a different way. But that's, that's how I come from it. I don't know about your experiences? I thought of it a little bit in the, my, maybe my growth in empathy and that less, less in my husband being considered imposing, but in the two against one type mm-hmm. type thing but I feel like I, I might be getting I'm getting a little ahead but I feel like it got what I needed because not only just us both showing up at the meeting not only us both emailing even though we I didn't realize we both were emailing 
but the concentrated effort, this concentrated front definitely, I think, got what at least I wanted and what we needed because in the end, so like during the conversation, she talked about us working together for what's best for him and, and a few other things. And in the end, like now we get notes in his little reading folder because he's supposed to be reading these books. And so they write the book and where he left off and all those other things. And sometimes we'll get a note, like she wasn't at school yesterday and today. And so she wanted us to make sure she knew that. And if he Mm. didn't get stickers, then that's why. Or one day he got six out of his seven stickers and she let us know that it was because during maths, maths for all my American (laughs) friends, during maths, he wasn't focused and he wasn't paying attention and he was rolling around on the carpet and those types of things. And so we've got this back and forth communication now that I really appreciate Wow, because it, that's not what it was before. I just want to celebrate. I feel like I speak in like those emojis, what are they? Not emojis, but the em- emoticons. The reactions oh, yeah. to yes. like text messages. <laughs> well, you know, I speak in gifts. Where you so. get the like, ha ha. I would like to exclaim this moment. Jessica's like, I think that the reality is, is that the more you communicate, okay. If the option is under communicate and over communicate, it rarely hurts to over communicate. Overcommunication tends to be annoying, but rarely detrimental. Mm-hmm. Undercommunicating often is less annoying because <laughs> you're <laughs> hearing less, you just don't know, but more detrimental because you leave loads of room for assumption. Mm-hmm. And when I what I hear you saying is is I want to just like support it 150% because every time I've had a difficult conversation, especially as of recent there's been this hesitance to say more like people don't want to say more because they think it'll hurt Mm -hmm. your feelings or they think we don't want to be uncomfortable and I'm just like if you tell me where you are I can meet you there Mm -hmm. but if you don't tell me where you are I'm lost and I'm making assumptions and actually getting really agitated by you and in a way that your teacher who I kind of wanted to knock if you buck with (laughs) now that she's communicating you're seeing that, oh, there is this potential for interest in him right? and a right. desire to support. But with her wanting to do it on her own, it's just like, why? You know, why? And what you're talking about with the under-communicating, over-communicating, just to draw it back to us for a little bit. So I, I, in episode six, we talk about setting limits and expectations. And one of my goals from that meeting was to set the expectation that we work on what's best for him together. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do understand the classroom is where your area of expertise is, but this little human is my area of expertise. <laughs> and so there you go. when he's not at school, I, anyways, yes. When he's not at school, he's with us. We raised him. We continue to instill our values in him. And so, and he's also developing his own little values, but just... I wanted to set the expectation. And I think even before the meeting, she got it. Cause I didn't even have to bring it up. <laughs> like I got my expectation without saying anything. So what I was communicating, but even before the meeting, I guess, was letting, letting her know that, Hey, this is not, we're not against each other. We are trying to work together. And I, I'm really happy with the outcome so far, at least. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Man, Kia, what a, what a 
phenomenal breakdown. That's what I'll say. What a phenomenal breakdown of all of the, all of the lessons that we've learned, just like all coming to a head here in this conversation that you've been so, so kind to share with us. This beautiful, beautiful conversation where luckily I got what I wanted. We don't have to talk about what would have happened if I didn't get what I wanted. Do you think she did? Do you think the teacher did? I think she did because she, or at least I think she partially did. I think one of the things she wanted to communicate because she actually said it was that this intervention wasn't, to to us, it felt like a big deal. And maybe it's because we weren't involved and it just kind of seemed like it came out of the blue, but that this was something that was normal for not only a, a boy, but a boy his age with the type of, it's not, I won't say it's rigorous academic things, but maybe more than what he would be used to if he were going to school in a different country, because I will say the British starts, like he started his formal schooling when he was four, like had just turned four. So yeah, I I think, oh, sorry, I didn't say what she wanted to communicate. She wanted to communicate, yeah, that it wasn't like a, a big deal, that this was a small intervention, that she was trying to prepare him for his next grade. And since it's the summer term, and after this term, he would be going into the next year, she's trying to prepare. So all these things, I'm like, oh, okay, this, like, that makes sense. This makes sense. But because we hadn't been talking about it and it just appeared, the shock was apparent. And then not only did it appear, but then it randomly disappeared. What do you, like, I mean, he's he's not a a terrible kid. Why did he get no stickers? Like, I don't know if he gets a lunchtime sticker, but can we get a sticker for something? Um, Can we get a a showed up sticker? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think... The, the the fact that we're actually communicating more is great. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing with us, Kia. Because I mean, not only did you bring up a bunch of things that we learned in this season together, mm-hmm. but you also brought up a lot of points that maybe we can talk about next season, like mm-hmm. community perspectives, racial perspectives, mm-hmm. cultural differences, even opening up communication by just trying yeah (laughs) by just putting in a little effort by being the first one to step out and so I'm looking forward to talking about all those things in the next season with you girls oh my gosh we did it we did it any 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 final thoughts any final things that you guys want to celebrate any personal reflections any anything any ta-ta for nows? <laughs> I usually do a toodaloo. Okay, well, until until next season, everybody, I keep having candid and fruitful conversations. Open up! <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Toodles. That brings us to the end of this Canned Fruit podcast episode. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. We also want to thank our assistant producer, Brianna Javon, from What's Good Productions. If you enjoyed our show, we invite you to connect with us on Instagram at cannedfruitpod and email us at cannedfruitpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to come back next time for another discussion as we continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Until then, this is Jess, Kia, and Danielle, and don't forget to open up.